This is Mark Halleck, and welcome to the Leading Church Revitalization Podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage and equip you for the work of leading church revitalization in your context. I really hope and pray you will be helped and you'll be encouraged and you might even be a little bit inspired in our time together. Because here's the truth, there's a lot of churches people have given up on that God is just not done with. So thanks for coming by and let's link arms together to replant and revitalize churches for the glory of God and for our joy in Him. Tom Rainer wrote an interesting article a while back where he identifies seven things that he learned from pastor's kids. And his study looked at their spiritual life, their maturity, their growth, and the many challenges of just being a pastor's kid. How can we understand them and love them and father them well so that they don't fall into some of the stereotypes that might be true about being a quote-unquote PK and the challenges that come with it? Well, here are some of the things that Rainer observed, and there's seven in particular I want to point out. Number one, many PKs feel like all eyes are on them. Many preacher's kids or pastor's kids will tell you that being the child of a pastor feels like being an animal on display at the zoo, everyone gawking and making comments. It's awkward, it's uncomfortable, and it can leave PKs with lifelong resentment. Your own kids are likely to experience this to some degree, but you can help in a few ways. Focus on the character rather than the outward appearance of your kids. Teach your children to live for an audience of one and encourage them to empathize with, not to fear, the people in your church. Number two, some PKs feel deeply loved and cared for by church members. Rayner points out that growing up in the church has an upside, too. Along with some eyes-wide-open realism about the PK experience, we also uh, can be very hopeful. In fact, the body of Christ, we know this, when it's operating well, is going to love on your kids really, really well. And I know that's been true, and I'm so thankful for the experience of my own kids in our church. Number three, some PKs feel deeply hurt and judged by church members. Sadly, I've witnessed this. Rayner writes, many of the stories are heartbreaking. It is hard to imagine some of the awful words that are spoken to PKs. Some still feel the sting of those words decades later. Sometimes in a fallen world and in a fallen church, people will take out their anger and bitterness about their dad, the pastor, on the kids. And this is why we need to protect our kids. We need to stay alert to what's affecting them and speak truth into their lives with tons of grace. Number four. Many PKs feel like their family life is constantly interrupted by the church. How many times has a planned family event like a trip or a fun outing been cut short because dad got an unexpected phone call? Of course, you can't anticipate every emergency and love dictates that sometimes you have to drop everything for a church member. But maybe your other pastor elders can share the load by being on call when you're spending time with your family or other leaders, for that matter, in your church. And here's the deal. Remember, not every emergency is really all that urgent. Make sure your family understands that. Number five, 
Some PKs have fond memories of how they were included in church ministry. I love this, and I thought this was fascinating. This is something I'm personally passionate about doing with our own kids. Rayner writes this. He says, I read comments about hospital visits, nursing home visits, and ministry in the community. There are many PKs that absolutely loved doing ministry with mom and dad. They felt like the whole church ministry was something the entire family did together. Now, do you see that vision? And I love this. Our kids can see the joy of ministry when we include them from time to time, That especially when they're little and as they're growing up in the church, include them, help them to fall in love with the church. Number six, many PKs just want to be treated like a normal kid. Our kids can get caught up between two extremes. On the one side, unrealistically high expectations that they will be a model child, or or on the other side, a cynical attitude that expects the worst. A lot of folks just expect that your kids will be prodigals. That's a negative stereotype that isn't necessarily true. And then finally, number seven, Rayner points this out. Some PKs were so hurt, they left the church for good. And this is heartbreaking. Rayner notes... Some viewed local congregations as a place for judgmental Christians who are the worst of hypocrites, and they have no desire to ever return. Their hurt is palpable. Well, these are seven seven things that Rainer discovered in his research. And again, some of these are positive. Some of them are heartbreaking. But where I want to go, I want to kind of launch off these seven things And move into a positive direction and say, okay, well, this is the reality of what many PKs experience in the church. How can we as pastors and leaders love and lead our kids really well in the church? Because if you're like me, man, that's my greatest desire. I want to raise my kids to love Jesus. I want them to love the church, not despise the church. And so here's the truth. While many of us, man, we've heard nightmare stories of preacher kids growing up in the church just to rebel and turn their backs on God when they get older. I have to say this, that in my experience, these cases are far more often the exception than the rule. In fact, to be honest, I've seen countless children of pastors and church leaders grow up to love Jesus and the church, often becoming leaders in a congregation themselves when they get older. And I truly believe this. Raising our kids in the church should not be a threat to their well-being, but, and please hear this, it should be a huge opportunity to help them grow in their love for God and their love for the body of Christ. But the question is this, okay, how does that happen? While there's not one magic bullet, let me share seven keys that I've observed over the years to loving and leading our kids well in the church. And I hope these are very helpful on a practical level. Number one, Give your children a God-saturated vision of the world. Our kids need to see the reality that all of life is about and for God. And that is the joy of being a Christian. We are just going through the motions on Sunday morning. This isn't just the job where dad collects his paycheck. This is our life. We serve as an overflow and an expression of our love for God who is everywhere. We want our kids to be amazed at God. And if they are going to be amazed then he is going to use us to show them just what is so amazing about him. And so the question is this, how are we connecting our kids to God? In everything that we do as a parent, when we talk as a family over dinner or when our families are watching TV, do we pause and use that as a teachable moment? What do they think about 
what they are seeing? What does that teach us about our image and about God? Here's my point. All of life, everything we do needs to become about connecting our kids to God, and we need to lead them in that direction. Another example, when we're in the car together, when we're listening to music, when we pass a car accident, how can we use that as a time to pray for people? In the way that we spend our free time, in the way that we spend our money, in the car we drive, in the house that we live in, in the clothes that we wear, in the furniture that we buy, and in the way that we talk about others, these are all teachable moments that we need to be mindful of. They are opportunities that connect our kids with the reality of a good, loving, sovereign God. The question that my wife and I continually visit is this. Do our kids see our desire to live out our family verse, which is 1 Corinthians 10.31? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. That was the first verse our family memorized, and my kids will say it all the time because ultimately that's what we want to be about. By God's grace, we want to be a family that seeks to bring glory to God in all that we do. Number two, do all you can to show your kids that you love them more than the church. We need to help them see that we love them more than our churches because it's not always obvious if we're just honest about it. Many times when a pastor's family is struggling with rebellious kids, it is because they have failed in this area. The children feel neglected. Our children should never feel like they are in competition with the church. I'll lay the church down for you, my son or daughter. I'll lay it down for you. You're my kid. There's no competition. And if I have let you feel that way, forgive me. I don't want you to feel that way because that's not the truth. This should be our attitude toward our children, and they should know it. They are our top priority alongside their mother. We are called to shepherd our kids first, before the church, and they need to know that. They need to believe that. In fact, according to Scripture, 1 Timothy 3, 4, and 5 says, caring for your kids and leading your children is a qualification for eldership. If we can't lead our kids well, we have no business caring for the church of God. Number three, teach your children to pray by praying with them and for them. Man, I love this. The most powerful impact that you can have on your kids is to pray with them and for them from the time they are very little. From the time they're little, they should never go to sleep without us putting our hands on them and praying for them, hearing from our lips that they are deeply loved by Jesus and they're loved by us. Even if your children are older and you think you've missed the boat, it's not too late. Start now. Your kids may think it's weird at first. So what? Start shepherding your children now. Pray for them and pray with them. Teach them how to pray for others by asking them to pray for you. That's a powerful way to humble ourselves and show our kids that we need prayer too. Augustus Strong, who was a Baptist seminary president at the end of the 19th century, he told this story. I love this. He writes, one of the earliest things I remember is my mother taking me into a dimly lighted closet every Saturday afternoon after the day's work was done and kneeling with me beside a chest while she taught me how to pray. I remember her suggesting to me the thoughts and when I could not command the words, her putting into my mouth the very words of prayer. I shall never forget how one day as I had succeeded in uttering some poor words of my own, I was surprised by drops falling upon my face. They were my mother's tears. My mother's teaching me how to pray has given me ever since my best illustration of the Holy Spirit's influence in prayer. 
when we know not what to pray for as we ought, he, with more than a mother's skill and sympathy, helps our infirmities and makes intercession within us, while Christ makes intercession for us before the throne. What a beautifully intimate picture of a mother praying. Those are the kind of parents we want to be by God's grace. Praying parents who help our children learn how to pray. Number four, develop a culture of God-centered praise and worship in your family. Let me ask you, what kinds of praise and worship songs are are, our kids catching from us? Do we sing with them? Are we teaching them how to sing? Is praise something that marks our very homes? Our kids need to see this. They need to see that we love God, that we're worshipers in our home, and that we love to praise Jesus together. Passionate praise and worship are more caught than taught. Not only is it caught during Sunday morning worship gatherings, although that's part of it, but it is caught in our homes and, to be honest, in our cars. If we want our kids to be passionate worshipers, we have to be passionate worshipers ourselves. Number five, intentionally seek to cultivate fun, goofy times with our children. In other words, laugh together a lot. One of my mentors has been a pastor for 40 years, and he has four adult children who all love Jesus. And I've asked him many times, how did you do it? I dream of my kids loving the Lord and loving people that way. And he often will say, you know, what the biggest thing was, here's what it was. I pursued a relationship with each of them, and we had a lot of fun together. And we never stopped having fun from the time they were little. Sometimes parents are good about having fun with their kids when they're little, but as they get older, they lose that. Here's what I would say. Don't lose it. We need to have fun. We need to laugh. Our kids need to see joy in us. They need to see that we relish them and that we love them and that we love to be with them. Kids can tell whether they are a joy to their parents or just a chore. As dads, we in particular need to communicate that we cherish them and we can't wait to spend time with them. Number six, give your kids regular undivided attention. Your kids want your attention. They need your time. Your kids look up to you way more than you know, and they look up to you more than anybody else. What they need from us is our undivided attention. And so this means we need to intentionally put our phones away. We need to limit our screen time, among other things. What do you need to put aside to give more undivided time and attention to your kids? That's a question worth chewing on. Finally, number seven, hug them and encourage them consistently and continually. May our kids never know a day that they weren't hugged and encouraged by their mom and dad. They need to hear our words. They need to feel our touch. They need to to hear these words of encouragement and be hugged a ton consistently and continually. And so, I want to encourage you, man, be the most hugging dad around. Be the most encouraging father around if you are a pastor in the church. Here's the bottom line. What a privilege it is to love our kids with the love of Christ. And may we do that very thing. May we trust in Jesus. May we trust in the Holy Spirit. And by his grace and power, may we pursue our kids and seek to love them with the love of Christ. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Hey, as you continue to grow, I want to point you in the direction of a book called Leading Church Revitalization. This entire podcast is really built on and based on that book. You can pick it up at Amazon.com today. 
Also, check out acomapress.org. Acoma Press is committed to putting out resources to help encourage and equip you as a revitalizer or a replanter. It's also very committed to help equip congregations that are struggling and facing serious decline. I would love to stay in touch with you. So let's connect on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Any way I can serve you, I would love to do that. Man, I can't wait till we're together next time. Thanks so much for stopping by. God bless you all.